0: how would you like an e-commerce business that's less stressful more scalable and more profitable it sounds like a dream right hi i'm jared kraus host of the buying online businesses podcast and in this episode i'm speaking with evan padgett who is an e-commerce and subscription executive with 20 years of experience. And after a very successful 10 years at Tech Lifestyle, Evan joined Thrive Market as their first CMO during their hyper growth in the 2016 phase, helping the brand secure $111 million in funding and their biggest year of new customer acquisition at that time. Now he's the COO of Stealth Venture Labs, which is an e-commerce marketing firm where he works with brands like Crocs, HelloFresh, Factor 75, and Mudwater to expand their businesses using the subscription model. Now, in this podcast episode, Evan and I dive into why e-commerce business owners should go down the route of turning their e-commerce business into a subscription business to be able to start earning recurring revenue. Some of what I already alluded to, but there's so much more to unpack that we do in the the episode. We just talk about in the podcast, how e-commerce brands can actually do this. For example, what are some of the questions you need to be asking as an e-commerce business owner? Or what are some of the thoughts or the ideologies that you need to have to be able to turn your business into a recurring recurring revenue business? Now, Evan and I talk about how he's done it with some brands and how he turned those into subscription-based businesses with recurring revenue. But we also talk about an example that I gave him of a drink bottle business and how he quickly on the podcast just turned that into a subscription business, which I think is fascinating and very, very valuable if you're looking to grow your e-commerce business with obviously less stress and, and more confidence. Then we move into the marketing since evan has been doing digital marketing for over two decades now. We talk about how to market your business and on which channels and why. We talk about omnipresence. We talk about advertising on multiple platforms and having a blended approach in terms of tracking. And we also talk about a trademarked word that Evan trademarked, which is ad lightenment and what that actually means. Now, there's so much value in this podcast episode, you're absolutely gonna love it. Now, before we dive into the episode, I wanna tell you that this podcast is not the only way that I can help you for free. If you're looking to buy a business, don't go away and do it on your own. I have my due framework, which everybody's been raving about, which will help you take the guesswork out of buying a profitable business. So you can get that by going to buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources. And there's some other cool resources on that page there too. Let's dive into the episode. Do you want to build or grow your content website? Niche website builders have helped hundreds of people to take their content websites from a few hundred dollars per month to over tens of thousands of dollars per month with crafting content creation, buying age domains, and link building strategies. These strategies have helped people increase their traffic, authority, monthly earnings, and their website valuation too. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash bob forward slash to get 10% off any link building or 10% more from their content creation services. That's nichewebsite.builders I'll put a link in the description too. Evan, welcome to the Buying Online Businesses podcast. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for this chat. And the reason being is because the component of what you do is, you know, adding subscription model to an e-commerce business. In fact, I was just talking to two different e-commerce business owners about this yesterday. Uh, One who's already in the mastermind and another one that's wanting to join uh, our mastermind. And uh, yeah, just talking about the subscription model and how it can really complement an e-commerce business. And I mean, in e-commerce business, it's You've always got to make sales, usually with a with a product to be making money. Uh, but that's why I like the subscription model. So, tell me why. What are some of the reasons you you decide or you want to work with brands to help them, you know, build out a subscription arm to their e commerce business?
1: Yeah. So, to me, subscription, and, and you'll hear me use the phrase, you know, recurring revenue model, pretty interchangeably. But a, a subscription is also a, a subscription. In, in a form of physical products as a form of recurring revenue model. But every business out there could generally benefit from a recurring revenue model applied to it, right? So the reason why, you know, that's really important for an e-commerce business is I can almost guarantee if you're a consumer package good e-commerce business, leveraging that e-commerce as a channel, you probably have some component of a recurring revenue, revenue model you can implement. Um, mm. And that could come in the form of, Uh, extra service that could come in the form of, you know, special releases. If you're a scarcity e-commerce model where you have limited of certain products, right? You could say, hey, if you're a platinum member of some kind, you can get uh, early access. You get to order an hour before the general public does, right? Um, But recurring revenue models are amazing for the stability of a company. Uh, Making sure you have a constant income uh, of revenue, a sort of a baseline amount you're kind of always operating off of, and it actually allows you to create authentic relationships with consumers, which is sort of the, the one of the biggest benefits I think under under leveraged benefits is once you have a recurring revenue model, which is basically a bill to the consumer, you are now sort of engaged in a relationship with them, mm. which means that you know you you have to live up to your end of the bargain, but they will continue paying you and they will also continue promoting you to other people if you deliver on on whatever your promise is and recurring revenue model so it's just a there's so many pros to it it doesn't come without challenges but acquisition marketing generally easier ltvs generally (laughs) higher predictability of revenue generally better so uh those are all the things that i'm sure you're looking for as well when um, you're yeah. evaluating businesses, is um, is those factors, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. And what what you alluded to there and mentioned really is having that sort of relationship with a consumer and an ongoing relationship. It holds the business owner and the business accountable to doing well and doing good, and you know, Precisely. fulfilling in fulfilling on its promise. Because uh, there's it's easy it's easy to just let's just create a product and let's just sell it and let all the marketing do the work and you know not have any good. Um, relationship and that's the most important or the most valuable part of a business i believe is is uh, having a good relationship with the consumer now that we know that it's like it's so good for the customer lifetime value uh, it's so good for our cost per acquisition we can usually have a higher cost per acquisition and um, it's 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 less stress on the business <laughs> how like a lot of e-commerce business owners are going to be like well let's let's do it like how do we how do we take a re- my regular e-commerce business to that recurring revenue model? Um, because some people and I was speaking to somebody yesterday about it, it's like, well, we've got this type of product. How is how can I actually make that a a subscription model or recur- like how can we people pay per month or per year for something like this? So, do you have an example or a case study of a brand that you've used where? most business owners who own that business may assume, how would I even get a product or a service that could be uh, something that could be turn into a subscription model that you think you're proud of or you think you've done quite well with?
1: Yeah. I have a handful I can mention from uh, my background in businesses and my background working on businesses. The beauty of a subscription model is, and a recurring revenue model, is there's gotta be some reason why cus- customers come back. Even if you're an e-commerce store, a traditional e-commerce, meaning you don't have a subscription component in there, mm. you're still banking on people coming back to purchase more than once, right? You don't have just a one and done purchase. So you are already in the mindset of a subscription. You're just thinking short term. You're just thinking, hey, maybe I could get two orders a year from this customer. Um, how do you make that four or four and a half or five? Well. What would your product be need to be to accommodate four to five purchases per year? What would that, you know, what would that be if you're a mattress company? A big example, like people don't need to buy mattresses every year. But guess what? They like bedding, right? They want to mm-hmm. switch out pillows, maybe try new pillows. Um, they want to try new comforters, duvets. Um, they want to have accessories that go in home decor. So maybe you could branch out into home decor. So there's there's a way. For you to, sometimes it takes expanding your product line, right? But there are definitely ways for you to build a subscription model that makes sense. And some of the examples um, I've been a part of, and a lot of my history in subscription is involved in fashion. Um, Fashion is a very subjective beast. People, you you could put a pair of shoes or you could put a set of boots or you could put a shirt, a a blouse, a dress in front of 100 people. Half the people are going to like it, half the people are going to hate it. So how do you yeah. make a subscription model in fashion? Well, uh, here's a huge part of most subscriptions, especially fashion curation. People want it to be special. You're talking to them to their own fashion sense of style. You have people that want to be in athleisure all day. Awesome. I'm, you know, I'm wearing athletic shorts right now. It's great, right? Yeah, it's old. But then you have yeah. people that want to be dressed to the nines at all time. They, they, they're button ups every time you see them and everywhere in between. Right. So you, mm. if you're going to build a fashion brand, add a layer of curation it takes a little bit more work. Right. But add a layer of curation to that. That makes me feel special every time I'm opening that box. And does it have to be monthly? No. It doesn't. You can do quarterly mm. quarterly is very appropriate for fashion, especially mm. if you're in a place that has seasons, the stuff you sell to somebody in Southern California, Versus the stuff you sell to somebody in New York City in in the dead of winter, very different vibes. Um, So find a way to take your e-commerce store, look at the things that people would buy more throughout the year and create a subscription or recurring revenue model around it. And then all of a sudden you have a dedicated customer base that you are solving the pain they have before they either know they have it or right when they have it because that's really what you got to do. A subscription's got to solve a pain.
0: Yeah, that's great. So that's that's one sort of I guess that's one sort of thing that you can ask yourself is how do we how do we make their life better? How do we take away their pain and and yeah. add more value to them through our products as an ongoing basis? Are there any other sort of questions like if somebody was to sit down like all right cool I've got I've got a business that's uh, I'm selling, for example, uh, drink a drink bottle uh, and I'm selling, you know, say it's maybe Hydro Flask. They're quite a popular drink bottle brand that I know of. And uh, it's not just drink bottles, but flasks and different things like that. How would a business like that start to reverse engineer how they can, how they can turn it into a subscription model. Are there like a, some sort of questions or some sort of thoughts they can bring up that can sort of stoke the fire to be able to get that, get an answer? That's
1: a good question. Uh, thinking about like a, so a product like that, they have multiple uh, variations of their skills I'm assuming. And, and I know yeah. I'm in a place like Colorado, very dry. I have several different water bottles. So if they want to release styles, to what it doesn't mean they ha, they have to base their whole business off of it no but could they release seasonal styles akin to how Starbucks has different coffee mugs and all those sorts of things there's a there's an audience for that that would like to have different bottles for the season there's also mm-hmm. uh what goes in bottles well water drinks there's a, is there a logical partnership there to either uh come up with your own hydration uh methods other than water so you have you know supplements and water you have all those types of different vitamin waters and flavored waters these days expanding your product line into something like that you're already selling the receptacle so what goes in it or could go in it but the style aspect of it like the 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 thing is people with something like a Hydroflask is a good a good example or Nalgene when they were you know every it it was part of your it's similar has a lot draws a little similarities to to fashion As in, people like to be able to style their bottle. Even if you were to actually do, um, this is like a dumb one, uh, just thinking off the hip, but like removable decals that could go on the bottle that change Mm. for the season. There's a subscription for you that could be uh, very high margin, $10 a quarter, $10 a month to get different decals. Um, And People do that stuff because when you're drinking, uh, you know, I got a, a stealth, you know, One of these guys right here with our own brand on it and everything. Like when I'm drinking out of this, like, you know, people will take stickers, put more stickers on them, put decals on them. If you have the way to remove them and update them um, or regionalize them, uh, could be really awesome too. So these are just some of the things that come to mind. But you could find something like your consumers that bought this product, they're using it to drink water, they're using it to drink. There's something very consumable there that yeah. you could try to find a way to sell them that that makes it fun. And again, anybody could, you know, there are people that just reuse the plastic water bottle they get from the store and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're carrying a flask, you want
0: it to have a little bit of a personality to it. So that that's like one My example I'd give just throwing it out. I like it. I like it. I like your thought process around asking how is it how is there something that's consumable? For example, yes. There's something in the drink bottle that's consumable. Is there something outside the drink bottle that's consumable as well? In terms of people's tastes, and mm-hmm. I definitely have felt that with my, one of my last drink bottles, is it was a glass one with a blue cover on it. And uh, when I broke it, I bought the same one, but I kept the blue cover. And then I bought it had a black cover, so I could change the change the covers around. Yeah. So there's definitely a market for that. <laughs> when you when you do. Decide to shift to the subscription model, or and it can be you know quarterly or annually uh, or monthly. What are you know, how what are some of the logistics and things that uh, a business would have to do? Would it be an upsell, a downsell once they purchase the main product into a different type of subscription? Um, would it be offering the subscription up front? And yeah, how did do, how does a business guy, like, and use. feel free to use an example of a brand that you've worked sure.
1: with. Yeah, so there's um a few ways to go about it. I won't say that there's one universal way, but how you gotta think about it is, do you want subscription or recurring revenue model to be your primary business or your secondary business? Uh, and what mm. that means is secondary versions are things like subscribe and save type models. Um, I am personally not necessarily a fan of those uh, because that it's a weird customer sentiment. If I'm a consumer, my first thought is, well, Why can't I just save that now and buy when I want to, right? It's it's not necessarily a pause. Now, if it's subscribe and save plus, meaning you get free gifts or you get free add-ons that show value and you pay less and stuff like that tends to work really well. So you have to make a decision on, do you want to be fully subscription or do you want to have subscription be a part of what you offer? Um, And this is ai am not going to say there's a right or wrong, but there is a mindset here that I want to break, which is. It's very difficult to do both. And it's really mm. difficult to do both because you want to get that attractive recurring revenue. You also want to have and not alienate your your standard business. Um, so examples that come to mind here are um, when I was at, I, I didn't start it, but I was at a company called Thrive Market, a big online grocery company um, in the States. I joined up with them as their chief marketing officer internally for about a year and a half during a big part of their hyper growth. So their business model was to basically sell healthy groceries. And groceries are a very tight margin business anyway. You don't really make a lot of money on, on like grocery grocery. They were to, their, their plan was to sell the products at near break even from a cost perspective. And then they sold annual membership. And those annual memberships were $60 a year, sort of a, a Costco model. That type of subscription felt really natural because what it did is it showed a value proposition for products that you would compare to Amazon or your local grocery store and consistently saving significant money and being able to show that to a customer where most of our customers saved their entire annual subscription on their first, like one or two orders because $60 a year and you're saving a dollar on this bag of organic you know chips and a dollar on this or $2 on this coconut oil and a dollar, like it adds up really quickly and groceries are consumable. So it was a really mm-hmm. natural fit to be able to do that. Um, another good example is a, a drink company um that we used to work with they would do it was a, it was a company called um dream and what it was is a company that um was a you know sort of like the opposite of five hour energy it where you know you would take it and want to go to sleep so people have to go to sleep most every night um and some people struggle with going to sleep so you know they they typically only been brick and mortar retail and we were with them Right before and up until the to the point that they they got purchased as a company, but we were like, yeah, this is an easy recurring revenue model because um, you want to deliver. You're solving the pain of them having a, a product that helps put them to sleep at night and calms them down, melatonin and all that stuff that mm-hmm. helps you sleep. They need it most of the time. You know, most people would say they need at least 20 out of 30 nights in a month. Um, and the product, the economies of scale were there because when you ship, you know, if you're shipping a box of 10 versus a box of 30 about the same price when the dimension and weights all kind of come come out right but you're selling 3x the product so um you just look for these opportunities and see okay like here's a subscription product now go out and do it now the the rub with subscription the hard part with subscription you asked about this operationally if you got a plan it requires a lot more planning especially when you talk about supply chain especially when you talk about advertising, if you're a brand that's out there doing paid acquisition. Um, when you're an e-commerce brand, you're, you're and, and follow me through this because I'll, I'll go on this uh, numbers experience here. When you're an e-commerce brand, you're, you're targeting a ROAS out the gate. You're never considering selling a product out the door with customer acquisition cost being in the red. Never, right? You just never. don't. You're targeting yeah. a three, four, or better ROAS depending on your margins. Um, anything less than that, we're not spending money. Subscription, the beauty of subscription, you are buying and acquiring customers off of downstream revenue to that LTV. You look at CAC to LTV ratio more so than you look at ROAS, right? So what's your, what's your LTV and CAC? Well, CAC, the market's going to tell you, but your LTV, mm-hmm. you got to figure it out. You got to run a modeling exercise to look at, well, we get 100 customers in this cohort, cohort being a month of acquired customers. What's my churn going to be every billing period? Uh maybe it's monthly, quarterly, semi semi-annually or annually. It doesn't really matter. You got to look at that churn. You got to know when you're going to get more revenue in. And guess what? You got to be if you're sipping, shipping stuff out in a box, you got to plan for that inventory. Because e-commerce, you know, you're 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 placing inventory bets too, but it's a little bit more controlled in the sense of Maybe you have seasonality already built in. Subscription is a foretold story. You know, you're going to have a thousand customers in two months from now, you know, 2,000 customers in six months from now, whatever. You got to be buying that inventory.
0: Yeah, you know your growth rate. Whereas yesterday I was speaking to uh, a lady who had an Amazon business, just crushing it, was doing like 80K net profit last year, this time last year and bought a whole bunch of inventory because she's like, oh, I, you know, I need it because we're growing. Uh, and then Amazon, because she owns an Amazon business. Well, you don't really own an Amazon business.
1: Yeah, you, you don't know about to say. Like,
0: Amazon. <laughs> what owns is you. owning an
1: Amazon business? Yeah,
0: that's right. What is owning an Amazon business? It's, it's just gross and disgusting. Um, so yeah, that's directly targeted at you, Amazon. Like it's, it's <laughs> not, it's not fair. It's not, it's not, uh, I just, I'm not a fan of it as you can tell, but yeah, so she bought a bunch of inventory, and just was like, "Well, I've got all this inventory now." And because Amazon changed the category without her doing a thing, one day, "Oh, yeah, we'll just change the category that your product is listed in," and then yeah, half your business gone. Whereas subscription, you can you can know your growth rate because then you can slowly wean in uh, money into more marketing, and you can predict that growth rate. It's usually more scalable. With more confidence than, <laughs> I mean, Amazon's a, a severe example, but it's a big one though. Yeah, you
1: it's know, it, I have a I have a ton of opinions on this. We could probably do a whole podcast on this, but this is a question I get a lot too, which is, Hey, I'm on Amazon. I also want to have my direct to consumer site going because mm. everybody that's on Amazon, you know what they want? They want that customer, right? Yeah. But but Amazon, don't you don't them. have that customer. Yeah. So that's people right. want to know how do I. You know, I I have to have this conversation several times a month. They'll, they'll be like, "Well, you know, we're doing eighty, hundred thousand dollars a month more on Amazon on these products and these verticals, and you know, what, what we want to do is we want to develop our dot com out." I mm-hmm. say, "Well, you you planning on staying on Amazon?" I'm like, of course, we're not gonna we're not gonna cut that off. I'm like, "Well, here's the thing. It doesn't matter what you do on your own dot com. Every dollar you spend on advertising, a fraction of that, no matter what, is going to you selling your same product on Amazon at lower margins, without a doubt, because." you're, you're prospecting and introducing customers to Amazon and, or excuse me, introducing customers to your own brand, they're going to search you find you on Amazon and they are going to buy from Amazon nine out of 10 times directly if your product is on there instead of on your own website. Right? So again, I don't want to derail us too much, but man, like I have this conversation and nobody wants to believe me, but I've seen it in practice so many times of like, I hear you, I know you want to control your customer journey. Right, and you want to develop that relationship. But I'm telling you now, if you're stuck on Amazon and you can't find a way to peel off of that for reasons, of, and look, Amazon isn't necessarily the devil, it's created so much so much opportunity, but having both there, it just I I've never really seen it work well. Unless you're a big box retailer, do the billion dollar brand that just is wholesaling everywhere, you'll get some residual through your dot com because you're a multi-billion-dollar brand, and I tell you what: you go into those companies, you go into Procter and Gamble, you go into anybody, and say, "Oh, what does Gillette.com do in sales?" They're like, "We don't even care. We don't. That doesn't yeah. matter. Like, because um, we're selling it all in the grocery stores, we're selling it at Costco, we're selling it on Amazon. It doesn't matter. Like, it's an afterthought. So, it's always one of those things where, like, I feel for brand owners that have reached their capacity on Amazon and want to grow." But don't realize that it's a challenging step to wean Very. yourself
0: off of Amazon long term. I've helped one uh, one person do it in in my group, and uh, making more off Amazon now, and owns owns different different areas in different markets in the in the different different countries. But he's doing big volume, and he's spending a lot of money on ads, like hundreds, yep. in, you know, close to half a mil a month on ads, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not for the, oh, I'm making, you know, you know, and it's a big feat for somebody to be making 50 grand a month. But if you've mm-hmm. got, if you're making 50 grand a month and you're profiting, you know, 10, 20, uh, it's, you know, you've got a long way to go to, to get there. So I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I want to bring it back to the subscription.
1: Yeah. Save that for the next episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We could just have a full rant episode on Amazon. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, I could do a a whole series or create a whole channel, a whole podcast just about that. Ecom and going subscription, there's so many good wins with it. First and foremost, I want to, you know, I guess this is sort of in line with what we were talking about. When somebody is looking to start marking their e-commerce business with paid ads, and you know it can be for the subscription model it can be for um, you know a hybrid of of both i don't you know, recommend not to have not to confuse the customers because that's that's critical you confuse them they're going to have buyer's fatigue and not not buy from you whether you have subscription or non subscription but when somebody's coming to start marketing where do you suggest they start marketing first are we talking search are we talking paid social? Uh, I have my yeah. own ideologies around this. But if so, why? And will it be dependent um, on the brand? Or?
1: There's a little bit of depending on the brand, right? But let's just say you're a e commerce consumer package, good company, very different than say SaaS, or depending on what your customer is, and how big your customer base, if it's business or, or your know, consumer or a specific type of consumer. But let's just mm-hmm. say you're a mass market possibility where your addressable audience is either you know, somewhere around half the population you it to males or females, or maybe just targeted to adults, right? Something like that. Without a doubt, you got to be playing well on search. And search is a methodology of efficient, long tail customers that you could get that are looking to, to. you could be a solution for the pain that you're solving. So when I say the pain that you're solving, coming back to something I said earlier is a product that works well on subscription solves a pain that the consumer has. A good example, we work with many meal at home companies such as HelloFresh and some of the others Um, but some of the biggest ones that exist, everyone's got to eat. They solve a pain of delivering food to your door that's sometimes ready to eat or ready to prepare. But Mm -hmm. the pain that they also solve that you talk to the consumer about in an ad perspective is, hey, I don't have to go to the grocery store as much. No one loves going to the grocery store. If they do, um, they're weird, right? Um, (laughs) Totally love going to the grocery store and love waiting in lines and boop, boop. So like... (laughs) So you are solving that. You know what you're also doing? You're giving people more time with their family because they're they're not going to the grocery store as much. And and, yeah. and they're getting their the hours of their days, weeks, months back, right? Search coming back to advertising, critical, and will also give you some of the best and most efficient customers you will ever get, starting with long tail. You don't go out there and be like, Yeah, broad match fashion, let's go groceries. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, broad match yeah. grocery. Let's let's own this. <laughs> Um yeah. but with a with a savvy search strategy, it's a foundation for your initial customer base to be highly efficient, profitable customers to start telling you about what your what your journey is. And of course, you say, Evan, that's that's demand based marketing. Of course, like that's gonna work well. Well, yeah, that's how you start a business by seeing your demand, right? Got you that start demand. talking about push. Yeah. So then your demand is down. You you kind of have a good, well rounded search account it doesn't mean you're not starting these around the same time, but your, your search is your anchor. Um, your push marketing being social, being everything social, snap, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, all yeah. of that. Um, yeah. then you start wading into there because that's your big market. Now, of course, iOS, everything that's changing there, everything that's changing with Google next year, made it yeah. really, really difficult to advertise it cost efficiently for new businesses on those platforms. More than ever now, testing out. I didn't use. I used to tell people, you get to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, maybe two hundred thousand dollars a month in spend before you even go outside of Facebook, Instagram, and, and Google. Now I'm like, we just jump in with brands saying, you want to have several channels working
0: at once. You want to have your remarketing set up.
1: Yeah, even if it's remarketing everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Right. So if you're even bringing people in on on search. Remarket the heck out of them on every other channel that you can. TikTok, Snap, t- Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram. You better be remarketing them and you better have awesome ads to do it, which i will talk about that. The ad game, a creative game, I should say, uh, way, 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 way upscaled than it was even, you know, three, four or five years ago. You have to have good creative, uh, which we probably talk about a little bit as well. Now you're saying, well, these customers are expensive. I'm trying to find them. They're hard to find. Interests are only going to take me so far. I don't have enough customers for lookalikes yet. So what you jump into when you're doing push marketing, you got to have a war chest to a certain degree. And you got to have the stomach to be able to understand that you're going to launch a lot of dollars and you're going to waste a lot of do- dollars yes. in acquisition. Marketing. Yes. Search, you can it's, control it's- it. You you really can't control search. It's tameable. It, it, there's still things to conquest but push marketing whole different beast. You're telling people why they need your product. Whereas Google,
0: they're telling you the product. They're already sold. Yeah, they're already sold in search. They're like, come and give me what I need. I'm, I'm looking for this now. Search is like, oh, you're looking at babies and uh, wedding photos. Uh, Perfect. Well, Here's the about babies about and want, wedding photos. Yeah. Sorts. How about you want to buy our uh, our tables that we sell? or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <really> something like that. <laughs> when they don't even exactly. care about the tables. Yeah. So That's how it so is. So acquisition marketing, you need to have budget. Yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry. That's that's just how it is. Like that's 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 the massive yeah. difference with the intent.
1: So, the, so the intent there and uh, in driving on push marketing. Guess what? You need to jump in knowing your your allowable customer acquisition cost on the channel and also work into a blended. This is the fight I have with entrepreneurs and business owners the most. Looking at their blended CAC and their marketing versus individual channels because yeah. if you only want to run your Facebook or IG or whatever at your target blended CAC that's good for your business, you're not going to get there. You're not going to have scale there, I'm going to say, because attribution, horrible these days. Even with some of the best tricks you can put in between tagging things really well with GA, matching it up with your, um, your e-commerce platform, the Shopify's, whatever you're using, and then triangulating that within platform, uh, it's still directional at
0: best. Especially, so you got to be working it's, towards a blended. Yeah, it's so hard to know that it's. I think you, you just can't judge. You just can't judge based on one platform of tracking. Plus, you got the Not iOS, anymore, especially. Plus, you know, it's so hard to know. All right, they found found me through Google, and then they went on. They Google searched your name, your brand, and they went on your Instagram, your Facebook, your TikTok and made a decision based on like a combination of those things. Yep. And that's, that's imperative. Like if you're not doing blended, you're basically spending, wasting more money than you need to, uh, on ads. But this is really coming into something. I, I presume it's coming into something that you talk about or have trademarked, which is a word called ad lightenment, which I think is just excellent. So yep. tell me a little bit more about this word and what does ad lightenment mean?
1: Oh, uh, you know, it's funny. So it's Enlightenment is really simplified as serving the right ad to the right consumer at the right time. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't live in a world, especially now, where one size fits all ads are a thing. Um, so when you're talking to the stay-at-home mom that is, you know, feeding a family of, of three or four, and you know what they need and the brains that they have versus a single, uh, no kids. Employed individual uh, at 25 years old versus the other one at maybe 32, right? They have different wants and needs. And you're not just going to be able to say, "Boom, this thing get 25 percent off your first order," and have it make sense to them. Enlightenment is our way of looking at this. Is how we want to speak to a certain psychodemographic, a certain type of person in a stage of their life. So we are addressing how this product. Solves their pains and their pains are different. Like they really are. Take, uh, take me circa uh, 2010, where I had no kids and I was just working 60 hours a week. And if I wanted a meal at home, it's because I don't want to deal with grocery stores and I just need something to pop into the microwave and I'm going to be full and it's not doesn't taste horrible because. I'm working. I'm grinding, uh, and and I'm on the go. You you would have a different ad now to speaks to me versus the one that that is. Hey, I'm a stay at home parent. I'm trying to make sure my family's eating healthy. Um, me and my my spouse are not eating great. My kids are really picky. What? How do I how do I use your product and solve my problem? Well, mm. you can get a certain amount of that information based on interest, based on the ads that actually people respond to, um, who is in that ad, what creatively you're showing there, um, how you're communicating to them, how their landing page experience is even, um, to address their different pains. Because your product, a really mass market product, will solve different pains for different people at different stages of their life. Mm. And That's really what ad is. is. Our approach here at Stealth is to look at, okay, we're going to go after this working parent. We're going to go after this uh, athletic gym goer that only wants to eat keto or paleo. We're going to go after the person that's on a budget where every single dollar counts to them. We're going to show them value of what they get versus somebody that has disposable income. Value is not the most important thing. for them. They're not trying to save money. They want convenience, right? Mm-hmm. So enlightenment is our approach at looking at that different kinds of customer personas you have creating advertising campaigns that speak to them uh, most accurately and working to acquire them uh, in such a way that we are not alienating uh, customers as much as possible with every single ad impression that we have.
0: Love it. Love it. So I wanted to finish up with uh, a question on if you, if somebody comes to you and says, I want to, I want to uh, take my econ business, um, to the subscription model, what's the one piece of advice that you give them if you're going to work with them or not? Uh,
1: the one piece of advice I would give them, I got to give a couple. I'm sorry, I would have to. Th- I'd uh, say in one long sentence, then. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't uh, focus on your KPIs. So understand what your LTV is going to be, what your churn could be, what that does to your business. Don't lose sight of what that does to your your finances because. Not every business mm-hmm. has $20 million in a bank to mess around with, right? Yeah. So be conscious of that is one, in one sentence. The next part of that is look for what customers, your consumers need or could need and and think about ways to expand your business accordingly. So um, you mentioned Hydro Flasks. So tough to send people a monthly Hydro Flask. They, they will probably be like, I have a dozen of these. I'm good. But... Yeah. They might want decals. They might want, this might lead you into saying, well, well, should we give customers something? Should we partner up with a brand and and provide something to put in that bottle? Think about what your customers would need on a regular basis. And you're already doing that because you don't have an e-commerce company where you're like, my business model is one and done. I I hope I acquire a customer and never see him again. Said by nobody ever in e-commerce. So extrapolate that and say, instead of two orders a year, how do I get to four? What would be the four or five order a year product that I could offer? And boom, start building it. And then be and then last piece, when you're doing all this, be patient and flexible. You're gonna have an idea of what you want. The market's gonna tell you what it needs. There's likely to be a gap there between those two points. So listen and find ways to, to, to close that gap between your pricing, your promotion, your positioning, how you're solving a pain, whatever you're doing, um, and and don't you know throw that out just because you know I got a couple
0: of customers that say that they don't want this. Like, well, like have some stomach. Yeah, play you've it got out to get mass feedback, not just off a couple of people. Easy uh, to do in
1: subscriptions. People yeah, yeah, want to yeah. change their business model because they got one bad review on Facebook. Like, calm down. Most of your customers yeah, are you probably can, happy. Yeah,
0: you can throw the baby out of the bathwater. It's yeah, it's pretty pretty scary. You know, I think and, um, I was just thinking throughout through this chat, uh, for some people really wanting to work out how can I add a subscription to my e-commerce business? This is what I do when I'm I'm coaching. Go away and do some competitive research and you, that can really get the creative and ideology and the juices flowing, right? Like around how, how have like Hungry Jacks? or Burger King in America um, moved to the subscription model and how did some of these other people moved to these subscription models that you could you could t- twist into your own way for, for your e-commerce business. That's, that's what I would do, I think, because I struggle to sit down with a blank canvas and just go, here's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. The Taco Bell here can create a subscription service like they're doing. That, that, that's an actual thing going on you can find a way to take your e-commerce business and create a subscription or recurring revenue model out of it. I guarantee it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> love it, love it. Evan, where can we send people to check out more of your stuff? Uh,
1: so you find me on LinkedIn, uh, Evan Paget. There aren't too many of us out there, so you probably recognize me there. Of course, uh, check out our website, stealthventurelabs.com. Uh, there's a form there you can fill out. End up, uh, I'll end up seeing it. Any form filled out, I end up seeing anyway. Uh, that, That sort of shows what we do, what we're doing, who we're working with, some of that information. Uh, of course, you can reach out to me directly at Evan at StealthVentureLabs.com or EvanPaget at Gmail. You can give my personal out there for if you all want to
0: reach me there. Oh, so, awesome. Um you might get some emails. I'll tell you that much.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love, I love yeah. talking about this stuff. Honestly, this industry, I've been doing this for 20 years in subscription. At this point, um, I've seen it evolve. I've seen it change and love talking about this anytime
0: with anybody. Awesome. Thank you so much, Evan. Great to have you on. Really appreciate the chat. Uh, Everybody that is listening that knows somebody that has an e-commerce business that could benefit from bolting on a subscription model to their business to have less stress, more reliability, and a more scalable business, make sure you share this podcast episode with them. It's very valuable for us to get the podcast out there, but also valuable for them to get some really massive golden nuggets that Evan shared throughout this episode. So thanks again, guys, and I'll see you next time.